What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, February 14th, 2021, and this week's episode, Blades and the Beast. We'll be recapping a fantastic UFC 258 and discussing the latest in the MMA world, Bellator's super announcement going to Showtime and the recently announced fights. Uh, what's next for Leon Edwards, Hamzat Shemaev, and Ryan Hall after injuries and other circumstances have canceled their bouts and we will end this week's episode by previewing the heavyweight clash Curtis Blades against Derek Lewis this Saturday at UFC Vegas 19. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez and I'm here with my co-host Natalie Zamudio. Hello Double G, welcome back from Sin City. Is it still sinful? Not as sinful? Getting more sinful? How are they doing over there? You know what? Uh, depending on who you talk to, I'll be honest. I don't tend to get into a lot of stuff. So the fact that we don't have to go by the strip, we're not at the T-Mobile, they're not at the MGM, Mandalay Bay. You know, I honestly never even go near the strip. I never really go do any of the fun stuff because it's like... I. To me, the worst thing that could happen is I go out there and just because I wanted to have a little fun, I catch something and I were to spread it like when I'm around everybody. So as tempting as it is just to do that when I have, let's say, an evening where I got downtime, I actually don't enjoy any of the fun stuff. I enjoy all of the nice, quiet things that are absolutely uninteresting like everywhere else that's not Las Vegas, so. <laughs> That's what happens when I go this last year. Um, how about you? Happy Valentine's Day. How did you enjoy the show? Oh, yeah. Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, thank uh, you. The, yeah. Um, the, the fights were, were, were good. Some of them were better than others, but it's usually the case. And uh, today I made pancakes for the family here, which was cool. And uh, then I forgot, apparently, that it's Valentine's Day, because you just reminded me. <laughs> so. it's, it's all good. I kind of, you know, it's like, eh. I'll be honest, when you've gone through all that, you know, it's like, you know, it's just a slow afternoon. But don't yep. get me wrong, if y'all enjoying it, by all means, spread the love. We could always use a little more of it in, in any of its forms. Um, or most of them, let's be honest, it gets a little weird. But, you know, all the positive ways to show affection, always great. Uh, Natalie, let's get right into it because what a main event just, um, I'll be honest, uh, you take a lot of the hype out of it, you take a lot of the business out of it, so, for example, if you're a fan, most likely you were, you know, you watched Conor McGregor about two, three weeks ago, you're most likely getting ready to watch the Adesanya, Blahovic, and all that stuff coming up in less than a month now. It was very easy to overlook this one as a pay-per-view when you talk about price and cost and timing. But when you talk about just the fight itself, I believe for as long as it lasted, it absolutely delivered. I was very impressed with both men. Um, Gilbert Burns came out, did a lot of what you felt he would do. 
Um, I was so impressed with the uh, heart of Kamaru Usman. I think that um, we've seen him in competitive fights, but I can't really remember the last time I saw him take a hit like he did against Burns, rally back and just start piecing a guy up the way he did in that second round and obviously getting the, you know, finishing the job in the third. Uh, so, yeah, I think those are my biggest takeaways. I felt like Burns, um, you know, whether it's just he got a little overexcited, whether it was the adjustments made by Kamaru, most likely a combination. The fact is just very impressive Kamaru and Burns delivered the way I thought he would also. So it was just a very enjoyable main event. What were your thoughts? It was it was a great fight, and from from even before you know the the count started when they when Kamaru and and um, Gilbert Burns met each other at the center of the octagon while Bruce Buffer was still announcing Kamaru, it was intense, you know, and that's the kind of intensity that you get when either there's bad blood, or in this case, it's two guys who are like brothers, love each other, respect each other, but you know, they're making it clear to the other, I'm not going to give you a pass because of our relationship. Like, I'm probably going to come at you harder. And they sure did. So the difference maker for me was when Gilbert Burns was on his back in round one and Kamara was just kicking his legs, his thighs over and over. And Gilbert Burns wouldn't get up. He kind of tried at some point to sit up, but ended up going, returning to his back. I think that was that was what ended up turning the tide for him because I think his legs were done and he he immediately after that lost his pop, lost his bounce, lost his ability to hurt Kamaru because he did. He was he came out strong, attacking, uh, pressure. He hurt Usman. Go as you said the way we all thought. That's that's how I figured it was going to go. I think I picked him TKO round three or four to win. But if you go back and watch, the attack on the legs was pretty severe. And when Burns gets back into that position later in the fight, you can see the big red welt on his left thigh. And um, whether Burns realized it at the time or not, or even Usman realized what he was uh, causing by just attacking the legs like that, it ended up being what changed the uh, the momentum. So Usman... And his jab that Joe Rogan kept talking about that Trevor Whitman uh, urged him to use. I mean, he dropped him with a jab when he switched stances. So it was the jab all night. That was the story for Usman. And yeah, like when he says, I'm a savage in there, I'm a different person. Like, you know, really, you you believe him. You really believe him. It's pretty clear now. So strong win for him. Gilbert Burns seemed crushed. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough one, but he's still he's still fresh. He's still new enough to the division. Like you know, this is just the first the first one. But he's gonna have another shot at the belt, whether Usman's holding it or not. So it's uh it's not the end of the world, but it certainly sucks. And uh, you know, we'll see. But it, it it was a better fight than um. Not that I thought, but but like when it started out the way it did, I thought it was going to end fast, and I was surprised that it ended up going to round three with Usman being the one controlling it. I mean, for myself personally, I think that um, uh, once again, it was the combination of factors. I think that Burns uh, just 
he's in that precarious spot now, this fight, you know, when you get stopped like that by the champion. But if you ask me, I think he did a lot to raise his stock, just the way he's handled everything and just he stepped up and you know he's going to have a very good fight coming off of this. And I think that for Burns, there's going to be so many options and we're about to talk about that right now. But just really, um, you know, regardless, I think that he showed that he deserved to be out there. I think he showed that he can hang with a guy like Kamaru Usman, that he could put it together, that he could... Uh, just pose problems for a lot of these fighters so I think that you know just represented himself well is the thing I keep coming back to with Gilbert Burns for this title fight um, but the man of the moment Kamaru Usman Natalie I mean where do we go next so I know we have thoughts about who it should be and he obviously made it clear who he wants he is putting uh, his foot down he wants to get a rematch with Masvidal and he wants to stop him in the rematch I have some thoughts but uh, obviously it's Valentine's Day so you have to go first yeah so Usman's next move right he's talking about Masvidal and his close fight interview with Joe Rogan this was news to me him saying that Masvidal had turned the fight down with Usman previously and only accepted it when it was that, that perfect to scenario of you know six days notice and it was able to create all this hype around it and build up the fight and get Masvidal presumably more money which is what he had been you know fighting for before that uh so he wants Masvidal hey who doesn't want to see that fight I think that's the fight that oh, for as great as he is for as amazing as this um resurgence I guess in his career has been is not getting any younger, so like let's just get him active, let's get him fighting. And Usman's willing. I don't believe Mazadal would be unwilling, so I definitely would rather see that than Mazadal Covington. Um, even though that would be great drama, I think for Mazadal, like he needs to fight someone that's gonna get him a shot at the belt because that's what he deserves. You know, for me, when I look at this fight, um, I, I'm very shocked at how the ultimate fighter aspect just seems to play into it. So I know, you know, they're kind of throwing their hat in the ring, Usman Masvidal. We obviously thought it was going to be Usman Covington, whether it's tough or they fight straight up. Um, I'm trying to find the little clues that we've been made aware of. So, for example, Gilbert Burns kind of lets slip that what he's hearing is that Masvidal doesn't want to coach tough because he's not getting paid enough to do the show specifically. The fight is something different, but remember, they get paid to do the show. Um, I hear Helwani, and he said, he, Helwani says that per, for Masvidal, he doesn't want to be around Colby to do tough. He'll fight him, but not um, the ultimate fighter. But I bring this up because to me, it's... I'll go back to it. We just saw them so recently. And when I look at the entire welterweight division, when I look at what would I really want to see, what would build the champion without, you know, burning one of the contenders who's earned it, to me, I would see Masvidal have to fight somebody else. Okay, you don't want to do Ultimate Fighter. You feel like maybe you've, uh, you're kind of too big for whatever they have in mind for you for the show. All right, that's fine. I really am just shocked that if 
Masvidal's not doing tough that they're not just pulling the trigger on a fight with Colby. Just because I feel like either of those guys wins that fight, a rematch with Usman is far bigger than it would be if they just rebook a rematch straight up for this summer, for example. So to me, that's a really big part of it. Um, in terms of Masvidal Usman just as a fight, I... I understand Usman getting paid. Like you said, it's really good for getting you excited in the short term. And, you know, who doesn't want to see those two characters? But to me, this is such a... After all he's done now, he broke the record, you know, the welterweight win record in UFC by George Saint set by George St. Pierre, who many people consider the GOAT. And he's kind of given Masvidal the opportunity to just take all the marbles i mean if masvidal comes out there and beats him they're gonna say well you know on six days notice it took you five rounds to defeat him full camp or you know he went five rounds with him full camp imagine if masvidal were to knock him out early it's like this is such a high risk low reward in my opinion personally for kamaru uzman so while i understand getting paid it would be a big fight to me, I'm like, look, you know, until he brings a little more of that to the table for you, fighting Colby, fighting uh, Stephen Thompson, NMF, BMF, all this stuff, I'm just really shocked that Usman is as all-in for this fight as he is, you know, following last night. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the money. There's no bigger payday in his division than fighting Mazadal. So... I get it, but yeah, there's certainly a lot of scenarios that the UFC could benefit from with with Masvidal, the Thompson, of course, Covington. Uh, so if Usman, it depends on how soon he wants to defend the belt. I mean, he did get dinged up a little bit in the first round. Maybe he needs some time. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, when was his fight with Masvidal? How long has it been since Masvidal's fought? Jeez. July. Yeah, I mean, Masvidal's got to be raring to go there, so... You know, that's, that's a long way to, to, to wait again for someone who just fought when there's two other dudes that are, that are, that are fresher. So, um, you know, I don't know, man. I'm going to bring up a very interesting wrinkle for you. And I, I know how it's going to sound when you consider Masvidal's 2019 and where his star power currently is right now. But when I look at the big picture, and you talk about this, he's a veteran... He's, you know, he's not a spring chicken. He's just kind of yeah. having his moment, you know, at probably, I'll call it the height of his maturity. Masvidal isn't slowing down, but he's certainly not a 25, 30-year-old guy out there doing this, right? He's kind of at that precarious window. You feel like he might have a drop-off, you know, not too far into the future. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. When I think about Masvidal and I'm like, why in any scenario are you pushing for the ultimate fighter? Why are you pushing in any scenario not fighting for about a year and a half? I would think that it's possible Masvidal feels like, you know what, I'm putting all my chips in on winning the world title because he feels it's too high risk, low reward fighting a Leon, a Wonder Boy, Colby, and possibly, let's say he look. Those are three tough guys. Yes, he's pretty great himself. He's got a lot of weapons. 
but those are three dangerous fights for anybody. Do, do you think it's possible he feels like, you know what, I don't know if I can bounce back from two losses and still get to the title. If I were to face a guy who's on a run like Colby or Leon or someone else. Yeah, it must be it must be running through his mind because he doesn't have the the prospects the like someone a little bit younger, you know, he doesn't have the room to take all so many chances. He's you know, he's gotta keep the momentum going and it doesn't if you lose um too many in a row. Obviously you can lose some, like his Usman fight. It's like, okay, that was a that was a win-win for him, right? He gets to get out there, be the hero, saving the fight card, and oh, you lost? Well, of course you lost, because it was six days notice, and you had to fly to Abu Dhabi, and quarantine, and acclimate, and time change, and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, uh, if I'm him, he seems like a smart, shrewd businessman. I want to get my title shot out of the way again first. And then I can defend, and if I lose it, maybe I'll, def- I'll, you know, I'll try to win it back. If I don't, I walk off into the sunset. Yeah, going after a spring chicken uh, like Colby or Leon, or even someone like Wonderboy who still looks really awesome, even though I think they're about the same age, it's um, good for fans, but not necessarily the best move for Mazadal. Um, I want to say, because we're going to revisit this in a just in a second um but just the undercard uh alexa grasso i mean that was kind of her coming out party just beautiful performance against macy i did like what i saw out of macy barber at the in the third round i mean she kind of knew she had to defend a lot of stuff and kind of live up to the hype and just hold her ground i just felt like it was a little you know too little too late i mean but um, just great performance from her. Uh, then Kelvin Gastelum back on track. Juliana Viana had a good finish. Uh, Julian Marquez, apparently he's dating Miley Cyrus now because of yesterday. So congratulations, <laughs> dude. Um, but but uh, just a very, um, once again, it's not like there was, you've seen those cards, like the um, the Tony... Justin Gaethje card last year. Um, just, man, every fight was significant. Every fight, you know, the guys are going to fight for titles soon. You know what I mean? This card yeah. didn't have too many of those. But I think that for what you saw, it was actually a solid night of mixed martial arts. If not the highest stakes on the undercard, if that made sense. Definitely. And last week I I commented... I don't know if it was on the air or off to you that I was surprised Gastelum wasn't the co-main. But after I saw the fight with Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso, I thought, you know, the UFC got it right because that was a really good back and forth fight. Alexa Grasso, of course, looked amazing, super sharp with her boxing as we expected. But the jujitsu, the grappling, even Joe Rogan was blown away. He couldn't contain himself. So she's much improved, like extremely improved. And uh, Macy Barber is still still wild and, and, and a little bit reckless, but, God, the power is there. If she could just channel that into a more educated skill set, I think she would have better success. But she's still going up against fighters who have been doing it for longer and have that composure 
just already ingrained into them. I think Macy Barber's still working on that aspect of her of her fight game. Calvin Gastelum looked good. It was great to see him get a win. He was obviously relieved. It wasn't the exciting one-two Calvin Gastelum that we've come to know, but he used his wrestling. He used it smartly, and he got what he needed, which was a win and a boost in confidence. So what more can you ask for? You know, um, I think with Macy, uh, what I try to remember is that uh, Darren Pico had an interview, and he said it very well. He said it very bluntly, and they talked about, well, being the hyped up, the next big thing, this and that. And he said, you know, if there's one thing, you know, like me and the other young prospects, it's like it happens in its own time. We can't all be John Jones and go on to be the youngest champion in so-and-so history. It just doesn't happen like that for everybody. So uh, Macy, a lot of promise. But I think once again, yeah, just the experience, that's all it was. And, you know, she's still got a lot of attributes. So she knows the promotional game really well for someone who's only had a handful of UFC fights. I think that there's a lot of future there. Uh, Gastelum, I mean, he looked like the guy who could hang with anybody last night, right? So I think that was really good and just um, just solid stuff. I agree with you just on the undercard and... uh. I was really impressed by the way a lot of guys performed. I think there are a lot of people who should be very proud of their performances. Um, moving on, uh, obviously this one. My gosh, so we're going to have a bit of a minute of just like a little bit of depressing news. Uh-oh. <laughs> Leon Edwards, Hamza Chemaev canceled again. Um, you know, they're saying Hamzat, real, uh, per the reports, really struggling with uh, the post-COVID stuff. Just his body is not feeling good still. He, um, as I understand it, he's not uh, necessarily still contagious or, you know, still has COVID. But as we've read, um, you know, some people, they shake it off. Others, they, you know, whether it be in the lungs or the heart. There are persistent issues that, you know, you've taken damage internally long after the actual COVID virus has gotten out of your system. And, you know, it would seem, I don't know the severity of it, but just very bluntly, it would seem that Hamzat has something that is just still lingering weeks later. Now, um, I don't know if it was just like a commitment to try to keep this fight booked or what have you that... They kind of prematurely set a date for it. But first off, obviously, you know, get well soon and best wishes. Clearly, he's dealing with something serious. So I hope that, you know, he takes as much time as he needs to get himself right so we can get back to enjoying his performances. Um, so that first for Hamzat. But Leon Edwards, about the only good news is they're saying we're making something happen. We're not waiting for this anymore. So just what are your thoughts, Natalie? Yeah, poor Leon Edwards, but but poor Kamzat too, because it looks like he might be one of these COVID long haulers that have lingering symptoms far after they've been cleared of of uh, you know the infectious period. I wonder Cody Garbrandt how he feels. You know, we heard that he had some lingering issues, and he's one of those long haulers. And Real Sports uh, on HBO did a segment about a lot of athletes who are suffering the same consequences where they can't get they can't 
exert themselves physically without running out of air, struggling to breathe. Some one of them's in a wheelchair in that segment. It's really frightening stuff because you expect athletes to be like no problem. So when they result having with having these issues, it's like okay, man. Like it, it just reminds us that this COVID thing has. Like, it favors nobody. It's just, like, a really still unknown entity in our lives. So, in any case, it sucks for Leon Edwards that he's just continuing to just have the rug pulled out from him. So, I'm glad that the UFC is going to finally just get him someone, anyone, and he should be willing to take someone, anyone. Like, at this point, you know, think about inactivity like Conor McGregor said ring rust whatever you want to call it like bro you got to get out there i assume the ufc has been paying him or helping him shouldn't assume it but i feel like they've done that to uh, for other fighters in the past and especially under these circumstances i think they would and should but dude like you're a fighter you want to actually fight so help the man out please ufc um leon edwards just where do we go with him? Because obviously Dana threw it out there. Kobe Covington makes a lot of sense. And um, that to me, it just is like, okay, if we're officially moved on from Jorge and Colby, then to me, I actually would argue that Colby has more of a case for a rematch with Usman if we were to go there next. Okay, they, they want to do Masvidal. Um, Leon, uh, Colby is fine. And then I guess, where would you go with, uh, Wonderboy and Chiesa? Maybe match up those two, striker versus grappler. Just really lean into that kind of matchup. But for Leon, uh, I, I mean, we said it, I said it. Anything happens, Wonderboy should be staying ready. Chiesa should be staying ready. Um, I don't know, I... Thompson threw it out there, but then Helwani is saying that Thompson's hands are still injured for the Joff Neal fight. Uh, you know what? With Edwards, uh, I would prefer Wonderboy just because I think stylistically that's the fight for him. I really don't think that... Um, I feel like anybody else, you'd give them a striker because he's got the option, you know, one great striker and arguably two, you know, two of the top three best grapplers at welterweight, right? So, I I think for the television, a fight with Wonderboy would be great, but if that's not on the table and UFC is going all in on Usman Masvidal, then you know what? Yeah, Colby Covington, let's do it. Let's just get Colby off the bench and get Leon finally back in there and the best man wins, you know? Yeah, that's the fight I like. I like Colby Leon, and um, I just think they should do it already. <laughs> yeah, okay, I, I got I got nothing more to add. I mean, I think if that's where we're <laughs> at, I, I think for me it's they didn't have the most heat. I mean, Jorge Leon had heat, three piece in the soda. Um, Colby Jorge, I mean, I don't got to say anything. Um, Wonder Boy and Leon, they had their thing because I guess Leon turned him down because Wonder Boy was too low ranked. And it's like, I mean, and here we are. It's like, ah, you know, I'm with you. Let's just do it already. There we go. Um, apparently they want to hold to March 13th. 
I do believe by the end of the day, Tuesday, we will have an answer on whether or not this is going to happen. Um, Natalie, just, uh, like I said, it's going to be a little rough. Ryan Hall, out of the fight on March 13th. Just what are your thoughts on that one? Just everyone's turning him down. It doesn't seem to be like he, um... Uh, I'll be honest, sometimes I worry that he has a cursed career like Ian McCall. It just seemed like he could not get an opponent to get in the cage with him. Just what are your thoughts on his odyssey? It's unbelievable. That fighters don't want to face him. Why does I'm the UFC? I'm like, oh, you guys are afraid to fight this guy? Then why would you, why would I let you fight uh, work your way up the rankings and fight for a title shot ever. Like, this guy is the one you're afraid of. Do you want to fight the champion? That doesn't make any sense. If I'm the UFC, like, I don't know if you can get to forcing someone to take a fight, but I would push as hard as I could. Be like, fight this guy or else. Because it's ridiculous. Like, or, or give him a... You know, what is he? 155, right? Um, 145, featherweight. Uh, give him a... Oh, featherweight, okay. Give him a title shot then. Like, just just have some balls and say like this guy. I, I'm. They have to figure out a way to force people to face him. So, give him a title shot and see what he can do. And like his champion is is um. Oh my god, now I'm blanking out. Volkanovski. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of names up there, but like, this is so ridiculous that people are refusing to fight him to the point where he cannot get work. As a UFC fighter, don't you think that's ridiculous? I don't know. Am I am I over the top here? No, absolutely not. Um, I understand on the very simple fact that it's a business, and everyone feels like, look, you want the biggest fish you could catch on the line in your net. Choose your metaphor. Um, if you've got bigger fish to fry, you take that because would you rather lose to a highly ranked guy so you could say, hey, I lost but it's only against the best, whereas if you lose to Ryan Hall, you feel like, you know, uh, look, he, he's not the most intimidating-looking fellow, you know, none personal, but he, he's admitted that. He knows that himself, um, you know, lower on the totem pole. But, yeah, I, I just, uh, I guess everything he's got going on, I'm just in shock. I was just like, dude, I, how does this, like, how are we still a year in and, um, Look, I get it. He said other people have volunteered to fight him, but it's all guys who have nothing to lose by fighting him. So, you know, but he's brought it up. He said all the ranked guys in the UFC have all, you know, tried to get fights with other people. They they don't want to throw down. So I don't know. And then with the injuries, it's like, you know, you look at his record, too. I mean, yeah, he's fought people, but he's got some big gaps of time in there. And, you know, to me, I just, I'll say it. I mean, like, if you end up being like AJ McKeed, you just fight all these lower-ranked guys until you're on a low, um, you know, until, sorry, not a low, a long win streak. I mean, just do it. I mean, at this point, like you said, like, he's just out of work. Um, all I know is the way you've been going around trying to get a fight, Hasn't cut it. And respectfully, he didn't have the biggest name going into it. It's not like he was fighting for a title eliminator going into his fight. But um, 
you know it, it just really uh like you said i'm i'm shocked and i something's got to change i don't know what it is but he's uh, got to take a new approach to you know just at when he heals up taking fights and getting back out there cuz this kind of run is just um it's mind boggling to me it's personally it's not even a run um <laughs> But I, I have an idea. I think I know what they should do. The UFC, as I always say, should get creative. I think they should put a bounty, you know, a, a, a figurative bounty on Ryan Hall's head. Market this as like a, a, a Western style, like make a wanted poster with his face on it and uh, offer a $100,000 bonus for anyone who can beat Ryan Hall. I bet you'll have people wanting to fight him after that mm. and uh, make a whole thing out of it, make a whole, you know, gimmick and uh, hype it up and, you know, do some video highlight reel, show how well respected he is in the jujitsu world and how he does this crazy thing that most people don't get, don't know how to do. Blah, 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 blah. It's there. Make him a wanted man. Does Ryan Hall get the hundred K if he wins? That works too. Yeah, I feel like that's, it, right? yeah, <laughs> I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I know how I'd feel. Like, oh, you, thanks. Like, where's my paycheck? You're going to do this to me. Um, the, that, Natalie, I love the way you think. <laughs> I, I am going to store this idea. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I All right. You know, this, we could do some things with this. You know what I mean? I think um, so, man. You know what? Uh, yeah, Leon, Hamzat, uh, so, um, well, Hamzat and uh, Ryan, feel better soon. Um, Leon, let's get you a fight. Like I said, it was going to be rough. But I wanted to circle back again because we did have a huge, um, I'll call it game-changing announcement. Bellator is now going to be on Showtime. So in the last year and a half or so, they've gone from splitting uh spike tv you know aka paramount network and the zone to then being on cbs sports network and now you know with through their parent company they are now the mma brand on showtime the first time since the strike force days back in the earlier 2010s um and they they announced more fights than we'll be able to talk about. Uh, obviously, we'll highlight what we really want to see right off the bat. But um, just quick hits: Bellator will return to action in April. They they announced the light heavyweight Grand Prix, and they got a little bit of everybody: Vadim Nemkov, Phil Davis, uh, Ryan Bader. Um, Ryan, they thought he would defend the heavyweight title. They said he's going to go all in and go for the 205 strap again. The Oda Machida, Corey Sanhagen, uh, my man, who, let's be honest, we're still trying to figure him out, Dovlitsan Yagashimuradov. And I apologize because I know that was incorrect. <laughs> and then, of course, Rumble and Romero in the first round. A lot to unpack. So let's start with the top pocket. Bellator and Showtime. What are your thoughts? It's great for them. I got to tell you, the first thing I, I, I considered, though, was like, oh, damn, another subscription service. And then I said, wait a minute. I already subscribed to Showtime through my cable. So I was like, okay, I've already been paying them, so it's not going to cost me extra. <laughs> so uh, that was a relief. Um, and it's just great. Like, Strike Force used to be on Showtime, so this is like a full circle moment, I, uh, I would imagine, for, for Scott Coker. Um, 
it's a it's a big platform. Showtime has you know obviously a lot of boxing, and with HBO being out of the boxing game, it's 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 um, the only paid premium cable channel that's doing that now. Boxing, um, so nothing but positive for them. I think this is great exposure for Bellator fighters to be able to say they're on Showtime. You know, Paramount Spike, that's great, but come on, like this is. This is this is elite, right? Elite television um, programming that they're going to be up against. So that's great. I'm excited for that. Do you already have Showtime, or is this going to cost you an extra four ninety nine a month? You know what? I don't get in your business like that, Natalie. <laughs> I, I, that is a very offensive question that <laughs> I me. that I refuse to answer on the air at this time. I see. <clears throat> which I think will tell you what is my answer is. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you know what? Look, uh, taking all of that aside, uh, the business got to do what's best for them. Um, as a consumer and as many consumers, uh, I'll say it right now. I really like the fact, uh, I like the fact that they were on Thursdays. I like the fact that I had CBS Sports Network for the regular price. And yeah. you know what? Hey, there it is. It's all good, right? Um I, I could work with this. Uh, I understand, you know, there's likely to be a money increase when you talk about the money Showtime has and their budget for Bellator compared to, say, the uh, Viacom, or sorry, not Viacom, they're still Viacom, but, you know, the Paramount Network and everything else on the smaller channels. Um, I mean, I'm hearing about this. They brought out a ton of fighters. You know they've done a million photo shoots and yet you're seeing all the bellator fighters all the big names saying oh i'm in connecticut to do the bellator on showtime photo shoot and i'm like does showtime need its own exclusive bellator photos apparently so and i think that tells you all you need to know about how much they're going to lean into being the big brand on showtime so for bellator i think this is huge this is easily, you know, I think big picture from everything we've seen over the last two years, two and a half since they've been on zone. It just kind of goes to show, um, you know, I think this is their biggest landing spot to date to be on Showtime. And should it be successful, I think could be one of their, you know, in the future, not, you know, not in the next uh, 12 months, but down the line, this is how you talk about being one of the more, global superpowers in in the MMA landscape. They're already solid as the second biggest promotion in the US, but I think when you talk about pulling in that international talent, you know, not just the hand, small handful they have right now, I think that that really is going to be a big deal down the stretch if this does pose um if this is successful. Now, once again, I do believe they're going to have to lean into the fan base a little differently yes try to get all the mma fans you can that's a given but you got to think about now your average mma fan and you talk about ufc and the pfl is going to be on you know espn plus espn um one championship we didn't talk about it but they're really leaning into primetime uh tv broadcast in the United States, like their time slot, that's huge. That's going to be on TNT. So when you talk about, you know, this era of, you know, Netflix, Hulu, 
Maybe you have Peacock now. HBO Max to watch Justice League and Game of Thrones and all that, you know. Yes, this, if you don't have Showtime like Natalie, I can understand it's hard to get the average MMA fan who's got all these other things already to possibly say, yep, let me add another one for Bellator at this point. Now, once again, let's lean into it because obviously if you keep having good fights with um, people that, you know, with fighters people want to see, hey now, this could work. So just to toss it to you, I mean, we we could talk all day about them, but just which are the biggest ones that you want to talk about just on the announcements that they made? Uh, Rumble, Rumble Romero, was that, like, that's the one that jumps out at everybody. Bader Machida, too, okay, you want to see, I want to see Machida, of course, you know, I love him, I want to see him win. But Bader wants his belt back, so that's that's a tricky matchup because Machida's Machida's hard, a hard out. Um, Corey Anderson, okay, I'm not that excited about it, but you know everyone always wants to see how the UFC guy does against the the, the Bellator guy, so uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, Rumble Romero, come on, bro, you know that's the one everyone cares about. <laughs> yeah, um, the thing about that one, I'm very shocked that they decided to make it in the first round. I mean. Yeah. And then uh, Scott Cooker, well, remember, anything can happen. And I'm like, you haven't cared about that for the last two or three tournaments, Scott. What you mean anything could happen? Something could have happened to Fedor, but you put him at the end, you know, with so-and-so anyway. So, um, well, I mean, technically Fedor did have a pretty fun bracket. But any case, um, AJ McKee, I mean, we never could get him set up with the pit bull. They pulled this stuff, so... um, yeah, you know, all of this stuff, I mean, what I'll say is that as long as there's more fights after the tournament, for example, if Romero wins, uh, I'd want to see Rumble fight a lot more guys, right? I don't want this to possibly be, you know, end of the road. So I, I hope they stay active. Same thing, vice versa. Uh, Bader, Machida, um, I'm with you there. That's a good one. Um, Vadim Nemkov, I really want to see him start to really uh, add to that resume. Uh, if we do have a new player in the elite level at 205 pounds, I want to see him break out. Um, and then, you know what? Uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, like, yes, uh, Archuleta, Pettis, good news to see that they're on the calendar. But the Pitbull Emmanuel Sanchez, my God. Goodness, remember when Scott Cooker said, hey, we're going to turn him around in April? Or sorry, in January? Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about <laughs> that. But um, look, um, once again, a big deal for Bellator. And I think that when you talk about if they do well on Showtime, what does that mean long term? More fighters, more signings. Um, hey, they could have a featherweight division about a month from now. They could have, uh, you know, some new new blood. You get what I mean? Yeah. It could potentially be a huge year for Bellator. So, yeah, I think that that's something to keep an eye on is just how do they maximize this initial burst? Because you know they're going to come out. They're going to st- um, stack the undercard. Uh, Aaron Pico, you know, other guys, like, guys and yeah. girls like that. So I am looking forward to this. Um, moving on. 
let's talk about this Saturday because I know we're getting toward the end of our show. Uh, UFC Vegas 19? Yes, 19. The big boys. <laughs> Curtis Blades. Derek Lewis. Go ahead and take it away. Okay. I'm going to actually go back to something else first, but it'll be real quick. It's, a, it's something I've been that was on my mind watching the fights all last night. Bruce Buffer had some kind of anniversary, right, with the UFC? Yep, 25 and years of the company. Wearing, okay, he was wearing that beautiful red jacket. And then I see Megan O'Leary in a red suit. And I thought, oh, I wonder if Bruce Buffer was annoyed that she was also wearing red. That's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, I also <laughs> was wearing red oh, gosh. on fight night. And so was another <laughs> reporter, just FYI. But no, Y'all trying I... to burn... Burn poor Bruce Buffer. It's Valentine's now. Day weekend. We want to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Come on. I'm okay. A, hey, I. Oh, I wore another dark blue dress shirt. Okay. How, how exciting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. We kind of know what these guys are going to do, right? Not to say they're predictable, but they're reliable, and they they know how to win in their way. And they go back to it over and over again because it works. And even if it doesn't work, at least for the likes of like Derek Lewis, it's, it still makes for an exciting fight. So Curtis Blades always goes to his grappling. He has strong hands, elbows when he's in that ground and pound position. But he uses his striking to try and get you down on the ground. That's where he likes to be. He likes to manhandle you, hold down your wrist, push you up against the cage, and use his free hand to beat you up. Exploded Alistair over his forehead. He... Um, who did he do it? Somebody else, someone with a, a name that's hard for me to pronounce, Shimarubdov or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he brutalized you with his elbows, with his with his fists in that position, up against the fence, holding you down, you know, immobilizing you in some in some horrible way. So that's I don't expect to see anything different from Curtis Blades, and on the Derek Lewis side. You know, he has a he surprising surprises me with his athleticism. Like every once in a while he'll throw like a switch kick and you're like, wow, I didn't know he could jump like that, okay? Or he'll throw a knee. But most of the time he's trying to knock you out with the bomb, right? And um I expect him to try to do that, but not right away. I think he's gonna want to be patient. I recall him having really good sprawls, pretty decent takedown defense sometimes, but but when it's sometimes someone like Curtis Blades or you think about like a DC that gets tricky, right? Like you can only defend for so long before you run out of ideas. So um, not going to see any surprises from these guys. It's just really a matter of who can who can hurt the other guy first with what they do best. And uh, I'll toss it back to you to hear your take on it before I give my pick. Because um, it's, it's kind of a tricky one, actually. Because if either one of them gets their way, then, you, you know, it's kind of like the other person doesn't stand a chance. Um, so, so how do you see this going down? I mean, I, I want to start with the easier one. I think that if you're Derek Lewis, you got to return to basics, sprawl and brawl all day. Um, every time Curtis comes in, yeah, I'd even say like, you got to take some risks and get in his face. You got to make him take a bad shot, sprawl, and then, you know, Curtis is right in front of you. Just let the hands go. I think that that's the easiest route to victory. Curtis has heavy hands. I like that. Um, I, I think that makes it, you know, when you think about those these two, look, these are some big heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Respectfully, this isn't Trim Junior Dos Santos getting in there. This, These are two guys 
who pushed the 265 limit um, in, in a good way, mind you. You know, so when I see Curtis and I see Derek, um, you got the potential for some heavy hands being thrown. What I think is the biggest factor is when you talk about Curtis wrestling, yes, Derek Lewis has gotten just freakishly back to his feet on several occasions. I can't even remember him remotely fighting somebody with the wrestling pedigree and the size of Curtis Blades. Curtis is easily bigger than Daniel Cormier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk about X's and O's, how good is his wrestling compared to DC's. The fact is, Curtis gets him down. I don't see Derek magically getting up from under Curtis Blades. You could do that to other guys. Promise you it's not going to happen if Curtis gets him flat on his back um, in the center of the octagon. So, um, to me, Derek Lewis got a lot, all the uh, attributes he needs to win the fight. I do believe, though, stylistically, Curtis Blades has everything he needs to deal with a guy like Derek Lewis. And I think that um, when you talk about the people who've beaten Derek, Curtis is enough of a handful that he can overcome that physicality and you know pun intended that beast on the other side of the cage with them so yeah to me that one just is really going to come down to the uh the distance the managing of the distance for curtis i think that if he could keep Derek, you know at the end of the strikes get him to the fence and just wear him down uh we've already seen the cardio work pretty good for five rounds for curtis blades i think he gets the job done yeah, man, I'm with you. As much as I want to see Derek Lewis win, and, and you know, not that I want him to get beat up for four rounds or five rounds or whatever, but that, that Volkov win was so <laughs> so exhilarating that something like that would be interesting too, uh, sort of a Hail Mary win. Now, that's not going to win you a championship. It's not going to win you a belt, but it'll continue to keep your name out there and, and keep people wanting to see your fights. But... Curtis Blades, not not a style of fighter that I particularly enjoy watching, but he gets the job done. He's consistent. He's persistent. He's aggressive. And like you said, once he's got you, if you're a certain type of fighter, a la Derek Lewis, you know, it'll be tricky getting out of that that hold, out of that grasp. And, and then at that point, he's so hard-hitting, anyone would be dismantled by those shots. So um, I think Curtis Blades, Curtis Blades is going to be able to get Derek Lewis down and keep him down at some point. Derek Lewis is, is fairly agile, and so he can probably keep his distance for a while. Maybe some body shots, some leg kicks would help, but but Curtis Blades is so fast with that transition to takedown. And once he's there, he's just like a far superior fighter. So I think Curtis Blades will win. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a TKO, and I think it'll be by the... Probably about the third round. So I'm going to say Curtis Blades TKO round three. I agree. I think that it's going to be within the third round mark. I think that it's just going to take a little bit of a, you know what? I'm going to one up you. I'm going to go second round. <laughs> oh, I think that, I, like um, <laughs> I think that Curtis, uh, I, I think it's going to be exhausting for Derek. I think yeah. that people may underestimate just how tiring it could be to be under a guy like Curtis Blades and 
I feel like he's going to really put the pedal to the metal on him a little earlier and just really turn up the volume with uh, ground and pound and everything on Derek if he gets him down. But ultimately, it just comes down to the fact that I do think that he will get the fight to the mat. I just don't think that Derek's going to be able to consistently defend him enough like he needs to to win the fight. But, yeah, um, all right. Round two, eh? <laughs> round two, eh? <laughs> Round three for Natalie. So I guess we will see who will take the ultimate bragging rights. I mean, not really. We're both picking the same guy to win, yeah. but it's still pretty good. Um, And then Natalie, on deck already next week. UFC Vegas 20. We've officially hit two decades. Well, it feels that way in the pandemic of fights at the Apex. Jorzinho Rosenstrike and Cyril Gunn, very likely because we're all putting our money that John Jones will fight the winner of Stipe. And... Let me just put it this way. Not only do I think John Jones will fight the winner, if somehow Stipe and Francis were to fight to a draw, they will still give John Jones the next shot at the title, regardless. Yeah. And so I do believe that the Curtis and Lewis winner could see themselves fighting. The Rosenstrike and Gone winner, which adds high stakes for the next two weeks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the heavyweight division, like we talked about last week, is is hurry up and wait, right? Because these guys want to win their fights, make a good impression, uh, but then you just gotta either fight again someone who's not a champion, um, or you're gonna really wait for a long time without fighting at all, so you can fight two times and then hopefully be the one that makes it out of there and is uh, ready to fight for the belt. And even then you might still have to wait because you've got three big names at the top and they might want to take some time off or depending on how the fights go, might need to take time off. So it's a, it's a tricky situation for anyone who's not Stipe, Francis or John, right? You just, you don't know where your career is going to go this year, even if you win all your fights. I'm with you. Um, for me, next week, just uh, look, that that one, those are two strikers thrown down. Yes, this is a big fight this Saturday, but Gunn and Rosenstrike, I think somebody's going to go down viciously. Mm. And I think that's all I need to be pumped up for it. So I'm <laughs> excited and I'm ready for that one. Um, Natalie, that's the end of our show. I mean, we've made it through. We're in February. I mean, what can I say? Like 2021, we're already trucking along at a nice pace. I don't know about you, but I think that we're doing good right now. Yeah, pretty good. I can't complain at all. I mean, are you going to make more pancakes for Valentine's Day now or what? Yeah, for uh, what's, the, <laughs> what's the day after Valentine's Day? It's got to be something, right? You know I, what I want to do? There's some spicy chicken McNuggets back at McDonald's. I want to try those. <laughs> you know what? And with that, guys, I think uh, some dreams for lunch, some dreams for dinner. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, we'll be back next week to recap all the action, talk the news, and, of course, preview the upcoming fight. Until then, like, comment, subscribe, and have a good one.